Grand Rising, and welcome to episode three of the Mama Pachamama podcast. Oh, I hope everyone's feeling great today. It's a beautiful day out, nice and chilly. I'm sure it's going to be nice and hot in just a few hours. Anyway, today I'm really excited to talk about raising wild children. I posted something in my Instagram stories about whether or not I should talk about this or if I should talk share my birth stories and definitely overwhelmingly raising wild children. So I guess to start, I'm going to share what I believe to be uh, wild parenting, what it is like to raise wild children. And I'll tell you what, it's been rough. I have gotten so much criticism overall. I think that's, and that's what I mean by rough. As far as raising my children this way, no regrets. I will raise all of my children in this way. It feels fabulous and it feels true to my uh, core values. Um, But you know, you have to be prepared just like having a wild pregnancy, which means you're not going to a doctor or to medical providers to um, assess you, you know, you're going to receive a lot of criticism and judgment from those who are pretty locked into the system and enjoy, you know, being told how to navigate life. Um, It can be really uh, overwhelming for people like that to witness you choosing, you know, life decisions that are more uh, intuitive based. So let's get into it. I personally have had great success with wild parenting as my children get older. In the beginning, it was rough. And, you know, my eldest, Steve, is seven in a few months. Uh, yeah, he turned seven a few months ago. And he is just such a delight. I am so proud of who that boy has become. He's, um, you know, you often meet children, uh, and this goes for like a lot of ages. I've even met, you know, children that are twice his age that they, they, they don't know how to make eye contact with you. They don't, they're not interested in engagement. They don't really, um, they don't really know how to, how to, you know, navigate more adult environments. Um, oh, that sounds weird. I guess more just, you know, meeting other children and being really surprised at the inability to really even have just like a very casual conversation with them. Whereas my seven-year-old I'm just so impressed with the way he interacts with other children and also with adults. For instance, last week we were at the farmer's market and he decided to come with me that day and a friend of my mom's came by and was like, oh, hey, Steve, how are you doing? And I just was astounded at how naturally he stepped into just 
I'm doing well. How are you? And it's really nice to meet you or to see you again. And are you enjoying your day today? You know, these small things that we kind of as adults take for granted. We know that this is what it's like um, to interact with each other. But to see a seven-year-old child with complete confidence just um, speak with with care. And, and, you know, he's not just... uh, not just like spouting out the things he hears, but he, he genuinely cares. Yeah, I remember my mom's boyfriend came back from a trip to visit his mom in Europe. And when he came back, Steve was so excited to see him and was talking to him and was like, so how is your mom doing? Was she happy to see you? Were you? Are you happy you got to see your mom? And I was just like, what seven-year-old's even paying attention enough to think to ask those questions so i i do believe (laughs) that is the ultimate that is that is the fruit of of my labor of choosing to parent like this to witness my child who's really stepping into um you know a uh the the type of person who a, a dynamic person who can think outside of himself and um, you know, confidence. And so let's start with confidence. Cause I think this is such a huge factor and we all, we all want to raise confident children. However, a lot of how we're being told to raise our children just obliterates their confidence. And, you know, what, one thing that I've, I've personally witnessed with my children and paid attention to is that babies as children as young as baby infant age are very intuitive they if you pay attention if you are watching your children and and you have healthy children i think this is a huge part of it you know health healthy children they're very intuitive they they communicate well if you if you're open to uh receiving their communication and they just they know early on they know how to get what they need they know how to um how to uh engage with the world around them at an age appropriate uh you know response so um for instance and this is gonna freak a lot of people out because it has (laughs) freaked a lot of people out for a long time but my kids at a very early age start putting rocks in their mouth and little toys and blah 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 and wouldn't it be nice if you could just always avoid any situation where there are little things for them to put in their mouth but that's just not the case i'm not gonna live my life um curating this perfect perfect environment where no hazards are possible. So my kids are always putting rocks in their mouth. I remember when Sol uh, was just such a little baby and in the house we were living in in Woodland Hills, there was just like gravel in the back and Sol would just sit there and freaking munch on the rocks and then spit them out. He never choked on them. And this goes for Kai also. They, I mean, they would, yeah, they would, they would like gag reflex because oh, it went a little bit far. But think about it as an adult. If you... If you do, if you put too much food in your mouth, your gag reflex naturally is going to shoot it all out. That, 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 just like training the immune system, we train our muscles to care for us in the way that they're designed to. And, you know, the, 
the body has a really beautiful way of of taking care of itself and a child putting rocks i mean it just it's it's unbelievable and it's beautiful uh to see how intuitive a, a baby's body is obviously protecting itself and if you really trust that you know your healthy baby is going to intuitively do all of the right things to protect itself it will and so the same really goes for body movement climbing things um you know children children become rebellious when you're constantly telling them no don't do that that's not safe i remember pretty early on with steve getting to that point where i was just like okay go for it go climb on that thing if you fall down you might get hurt and sure you can come cry to me but i'm i'm warning you you might fall down and you might get hurt so you have to feel it out for yourself and Sure enough, my kids like have all had pretty pretty good sized falls, but on the most part, if you let them start early, and this is once again, this is all my personal experience, um, and that's what I'm basing all this off of. If when I let my children start early falling, let your kids climb and then let them fall. And guess what falling does? It teaches them how to fall. My kids love riding scooters or bikes or anything with wheels. They love to run like crazy. Falls happen. And the, 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 what you want is for when your kid is doing all this dangerous stuff where they could fall, you want them to know how to fall, which is to fall on your hands so you're protecting your face, right? And I have seen some freaking gnarly falls from all my kids and they all just hands down first. And this is the thing, the sooner they learn that, the better they get at it and it's there's no thought about it. So imagine that, imagine if you've, you've trained your, your, your body to just automatically react to something in a, in a way that's that's self-protective no fear there's no um there's no programs running in the head of like oh this is scary am i let me think about doing it the right way no you just do it the right way you teach that to a child from a young age and you know they're almost kind of invincible to you know obviously not really like obviously not really real serious things can always happen but if a child is given space to discover the, their bodies and discover what their uh, limitations are and how they can move, how far they can stretch their, you know, their 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 limbs out, and um, you know how much weight they can carry, and all these things, there no child wants to hurt themselves, so they they take it as they take the you know they. Go right up to the boundary of like, what can I do? Okay, like Steve all the time, he's always like just hanging out, like trying out 
his like trying out his flexibility I constantly see him just like getting into these weird pretzel positions and I truly think it's just curiosity of like how far can I stretch my body out he never hurts himself he's never complaining about aches and pains from any anything like that so I have to imagine it goes along with all the other things where you know we as humans and children really enjoy kind of testing our limits and testing our boundaries. So physically, physical confidence, the ability to run confidently, the ability to to know your strength and to be able to fall, which means that, you know, a lack of fear when it comes to trying new um new things if your kid wants to learn how to skateboard or whatever. Those things are all going to come a lot easier if a child has from an early age been given the opportunity to really test out their own boundaries, get to know their own body. And we're just really taught as parents, you know, protect everything. Everything has to be a marshmallow. We do not buy um, anything to like protect the children from sharp furniture. We don't buy uh, plugs for the outlet walls. We don't buy things to keep drawers closed and all of that. I don't do any of that. I don't, that's called baby proofing, right? I don't baby proof my home. I, and so far, none of that's really bit me in the ass besides like the kids pulling (laughs) all of the stuff out of drawers and putting it on the floor and I have to put it back, especially when they go through that phase where they just do that all day long. That's a little bit frustrating, but those inconveniences, I mind less. Um, it's not worth being inconvenienced or it's not worth mitigating that at the expense of them really being able to discover themselves. And, you know, my kids, I buy them toy, we get them toys. They like the toys for a day, but really they, they, they want to step outside of, they, they want to be curious. They, they want to, um, expand themselves. So it's what always I won't say always, what often appears as negligence. And this is probably the number one takeaway. If you take one thing away from this podcast, what often appears as negligence is actually very conscious, you know, um, parenting. And I, I, I understand. I, I totally understand why someone would look in and be like, wow, you are just a totally irresponsible parent because we're all indoctrinated to, you know, see our children as, um, you know, obedient. We all, everyone's striving for like the smartest, most obedient child. And, you know, everyone around you claps and congratulates you if you've presented that to society. And I just personally, you know, that, that doesn't, uh, there's like a funny meme, um, that I've seen every once in a while. That's like, um, something along those lines, like, you know, I want you to be obedient and listen to me and blah, 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 but then go and be free in the world. And it's like, well, how can anyone feel confident and free in the world when in their own home they're not even really given the opportunity to express themselves and um you know explore risk and that's such a huge part of it is you know 
humans are designed to be risk takers. We're designed to try new things and um, navigate new waters and, and, and take on challenges. And that's what brings us, you know, a sense of purpose is, is, uh, challenging ourselves to new levels. You know, I think you're, you're dying once you've, you've told yourself, Oh, I I no longer need to take on new challenges. No, there's always room for, um, expansion or what I like to call leveling up. A lot of people like to call it that. And children, these days in this um, way we raise them are just so inhibited and they're put in this kind of marshmallow um, state of like, oh, everything's just soft and cozy and here's this thing to be entertained and here's this little pouch of food that you don't even, you never even visually see the food. You just squeeze it right into your mouth and guess what? There's no mess because you just squeeze it, but it's like, wow, you know, are we, is, is, is anyone thinking about how that affects a child that's eating food and you don't ever visually see what you're consuming? Yeah, I, I have my, uh, my doubts about that. So, um, you know, taking things back to what would be, you know, the more original way of, of, um, of just like, raising children where, you know, um, simplicity and, um, not, not, not sugarcoating everything. And so that, that will move me on to the next thing that I find to be really important. And I definitely did not really fully understand this until my husband Brett enlightened me and inspired me. But I remember when I met Brett, he, we went hiking with a group of people. This was actually a couple times before him and I hung out, just the two of us. Um, and he would always go barefoot. And I was just kind of like totally intimidated by that. And like, whoa, you're crazy, right? Just like, that's the thought. You're crazy. And at this point, now that I understand more about grounding and um, keeping your feet on the earth and also just the damage we're doing to our feet by wearing shoes all the time, you know, your microbiome, you really want to get your feet, your raw feet with no socks or shoes or anything directly on the earth, absorb all of that goodness, release all of what needs to be released. So my kids are often barefoot, especially if we go to the park or, you know, anywhere in nature on hikes. When we go on hikes, everyone's barefoot. And I can't tell you how many times people comment on like, wow, how are you guys doing that? How do your kids do that? Why are they not complaining? And you know what? You just get used to it. Um, I can't also, I can't tell you how many times we've been at the park and you know my kids befriend other kids and the kids will ask their parents oh can I take my shoes off maybe they'll see my kids with their shoes off they want to take their shoes off they go do it and within a certain amount of time they're like eh, I don't know if I want to run around in the grass without my shoes on because you know it can be a little bit jarring if you're only used to being barefoot in on carpet say yeah it can be a little bit jarring to step on you know um all the different things that you're going to find just sitting out in nature. Uh, 
not only going barefoot, but we really encourage, you know, minimal stuff. Try to go just be, you know, minimal, even minimal clothing. And honestly, for as long as possible, we really encourage our kids to be comfortable being naked outdoors because you're getting all that great sunshine on all the parts of your body where you need sunshine. Your whole body needs sunshine. Not just your, you know, not just your face, not just your legs, but you really want sunshine everywhere. So always encouraging the kids to be comfortable, naked, in nature. Um, That includes like being comfortable with cold water. You know, when we go take a camping trip to the mountains, we really encourage the kids to get used to that cold water. It feels good. It's good for your body. It takes a minute to adjust, but... You know, that's that's um, being comfortable with the elements. And then, you know, just there's something to finding comfort or being okay with discomfort. And this is something that I see a lot of adults struggle with. My children, yeah, of course, they love warmth, they love comfort, and I'll always make sure to provide that to them when they really need it, or after we do some intense, we go on some intense hike where we're going in the cold water, and we're all barefoot, and there's lots of rocks, and everyone's maybe a little bit uncomfortable, and there's bugs out, blah, 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 all that, and by the time we get back, it's like warm blankets, good food, good like warm tea, all the things we need for everyone to come back to like that state of comfort. Um, so yeah, that's a uh, that that minimal how to enjoy nature and teaching kids to be able to enjoy themselves with minimal stuff. Um, let's see, learning. Uh, If you don't know about a form of homeschooling called unschooling, now I'm not, I've kind of just like picked up that word from hearing it, hearing about it since I was pregnant with Steve, so a very long time ago, and I've gotten some books on it and stuff, but at this point I don't really, the whole point is to really get out of any kind of programming of how we are supposed to be raising our children um, or teach, I'm sorry, teaching our children and trusting that children are naturally um, very curious and want to learn. And holy moly, maybe I really lucked out with Sieve and it's not going to be this way, but I, I, I trust that it is. But Sieve has really proven to me that this is a very successful way of raising my children. Um, so, you know, Paul Check, someone that I really admire, talks about how, you know, children, we really push children to read at a young age and, you know, write at a young age, but you really want to delay that as much as possible um, to let them stay in that, like, very creative imagination uh, part of their mind. So I, I didn't really push for Steve to read. I mean, moments here and there where I felt like, oh, you should be learning this probably or learning that. But overall, I, I haven't really done a big push for Steve to learn any anything specifically. But that child really on his own has learned how to read. And I remember when he first started reading to just reading out loud and reading something. And when we realized, we we're like, 
holy shit, you can read? Like you, you're reading that right now. Um, it's, it's incredible. And that was all self-led. That was all taking initiative on his own because he has so many interests. He loves Legos. He loves, um, what else? Uh, he loves Star Wars. He loves, oh, he finds, I mean, he's always like coming in and out of stuff he loves. He loves to learn about things loves animals. There we go. So he's got all these animal books and a lot of them are pretty simple, easy to read. And yeah, he can ask us to read to him, but you know, I can only read too much to him so much in the day. So that kid taught himself how to read. And then, um, numbers. I remember when we first started trying to teach him math and it just did not register. He, it was just like, Oh, this is like pulling teeth. This is, this is no good. So we stopped and on his own in the past, you know, six months, he has just fallen in love with math. And this kid is always, I mean, all day long, mom, what's 20 times eight? Mom, what's 16 plus 18 plus 54 plus 32? I mean, doing his times tables and he just loves it. He enjoys it. He, he just thinks it's the most fun thing. And I always, when he asks me math equations I always say I know the answer do you because obviously yeah I can easily do that but um it's kind of more fun to hear him sit there and and work through the problem himself so kids are natural learners they want to learn don't force it down their throat I have such a horrible experience when it comes to schooling I did terrible I I was I was a terrible pupil I was terrible the, and that wasn't always the case, but let's just say the majority of my schooling, I did not do well. And largely because it always felt no one, nobody enjoys being coerced into things and being forced to do things. I mean, I'm all for discipline and structure. And that's something that we probably could uh, get better at in our life. But I, I think I've implemented enough discipline and structure for everyone to feel the the comfort of and and be learning <clears throat> about those things but to force children to learn things that they're maybe not ready for or just plain uninterested in is ridiculous all that's going to happen is they just develop an aversion to learning they 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 become traumatized and it be they become resistant just for the sake of being resistant it's the same thing with food Steve doesn't like eggs he used to like eggs he stopped liking eggs so I said all right fine I'm not gonna feed you eggs anymore and one day he's gonna come around and he's gonna like eggs again and this has happened with a lot of stuff where he stopped liking it I don't push it and then one day he's like oh I like this thing again okay great awesome so man you if we can let go of some of that control and really let go of the expectations because that's what it comes down to right like we have these expectations and it's largely societal expectations I used to feel really uncomfortable when people would ask Steve oh what grade are you in and because you know Steve would just kind of be wouldn't know really how to answer and I'm finally at this point I'm like oh we homeschool and we actually don't like yeah, sure, I could tell you it was great, but we, we, we just don't really do it like that. Steve doesn't really know how to answer that question. But he's a freaking smart kid, and you can talk to him for five or ten minutes, and you'll 
be amazed at how much he can share with you. So unschooling, and, and, and this is the other part of unschooling, because I get so many people that are like, how do you do it with three kids and you have your business and do you guys are doing all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. How do you do it? Kids need quality over quantity. They, they really zone out and get in their flow state. Children really know how to get into a flow state, but often they kind of want you to just hold their hand right before that happens. And if they know they have the comfort and support and security of a parent, whenever they need it, they will they will just more often come find find their way there on their own. So so that's that's what children mostly yearn for is like I'm feeling a little bit nervous or excited or whatever. Where is my source of comfort? It's us as parents. And if you're there for them and you're present, you're not shooing them away and you're looking them in the eye and and maybe, you know, maybe soul really wants to play with blocks, but he's just feeling some hesitation. So he pulls my hand and he pulls me over there. Okay, I'll sit there with him for 10 minutes and play with the blocks with him. And once I see he's like past that point where he doesn't need me to like walk him through this or entertain him through it. And he's, you know, he's like stepped into his own flow state. I I get up and walk away and then he's good. He's good for a while. And this I have seen happen with all of my children. You know, that's that's parenting is really just being a guide. And if I can guide them to a state of, you know, joy and then I I've done my job and I can move on with my day. So I find quite a bit of time in my day. And I I do think that, you know, uh energy, the energy of the house is so important, you know, if 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 you can get as many kids in that flow state, you know, once you get one in, it's easier to get the next in. And, you know, someone breaks it and that's a whole other podcast about how to deal with inconvenient moments, which we're all having, especially when you've got young children, you're just constantly being interrupted and, you know, you're right in the middle of something that you're like, really bad timing, dude. But, you know, you you learn how to work with it and you realize that if I just stop now and tend to my child, I will save myself probably hours of like meltdown. So... Um, another thing I'd really like to get into with raising wild children is, you know, ch- children. Okay. So one thing I never did with Steve when he was a baby is I never did baby talk, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And I've really changed my mind on that one. Kai is really, I, yeah, I guess I didn't do it with soul either, but with Kai, I, I really fell for, he just loved like the, this joy in his face from, from an infant, of like being taught you like a little little baby. He just loved that. So I kind of have changed the way I feel about that. But overall, um, I find that if you if you speak to children in and things have to be age appropriate or at least maturity appropriate. So obviously, like always keep that in mind. But if you help children, if you lovingly um patiently help children understand the why of things then they're much more likely to 
forego the fits, the tantrums, and, you know, respect the rules. Um, you know, the perfect example would be your kid, it's eight o'clock, it's, you know, bedtime, it's time to go shut down the mind and you can read a book for a little bit. And that's, that's what we do. All right, eight o'clock, go read your books and you can fall asleep and you're met with resistance oh, but can I, can I watch this or blah, blah, blah. And it's like, um, I can get upset at Steve. Sure. I can say, Hey, you know, it's your bedtime. So it's time to just go. I don't want any complaints. Or I can explain to Steve, well, Steve, tomorrow we have a really big day. We have to wake up early. We've got a big play date we're going to and your body and your mind really need to shut down and get good sleep right now that way you feel so good and fully rested and just like totally on point for when we go out tomorrow and that's just really important that all of you children really are getting good sleep and it's so easy when you're watching something to like stay and keep watching it so And I find that if I, with love and graciousness, explain that to Steve, almost always he's like, okay, mom, I understand. And this goes on so many levels with so many things. There have been times where I have explained things just like that to Steve and it still expected resistance. And yet he surprises me with, okay, mom, that's no problem. For instance, if like one if the kids, if uh, the baby's crying and Steve really needs help putting a Lego thing together that he can't get and I'm feeling frazzled and, you know, Steve walks in and he's like, mom, I need help with this. I'm like, Steve, honey, it's not, I'm, it's not a good time right now. Like the baby's crying. You, can you give me a minute? And just okay mom no problem just come back when you're come I'll come get you in a little bit when you seem like you're ready and I'm just like whoa look at this beautiful um mature child who who can like receive uh you know con- context and wow it was um we started saying saying to Steve now that he he's like he can get it we're like read the room Steve you got to learn to read the room you've got to learn to be able to read the room and yeah he's not great at it he's still only seven but he gets better he he can look and see oh I, I see you guys are in the middle of a um you know more serious conversation I'll come back and ask my question later so if you empower children with responsibility they will uh be proud of themselves and I'm not so patient I I was raised uh you know, my dad just was not a patient man, and I have a lot of <laughs> ah memories of my dad just being so impatient with us. So it's an it's a it's an easy trigger for me to um, become very impatient very quickly. Uh, but let's see, where was I? <laughs> um, if you oh, I really just lost where I was. So I think I'm just going to move on to the next thing. I, I think it was kind of flowing into this anyway. Um, getting my children to participate in uh, cleanup is 
and, and, and teaching them self-responsibility and self-awareness has become one of the most important jobs that I have given myself as a parent. And I'll tell you what, I think, I think there has the real epidemic in the world right now, the real pandemic, the real scary thing happening is there are a lot of adult men that seem to lack self-responsibility self-awareness and this probably goes for women also but i will just say it has seems it seems overwhelmingly that i'm i meet women that are like firing on all levels and then hearing their stories of disappointment from men who really seem to be lacking something and um i'm it's it's been a really big eye opener for you know that mother son dynamic having three boys i see it very clearly you know we're so we're enablers if we're not cautious and you know it, parenting that that's the 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 fine uh art of parenting is is being there to love and support because our children need that and, and and being a source of comfort while also setting very clear uh, boundaries of of how to behave and how to treat others and and how to do your part. So I am extremely conscious of how I raise my boys in that I, I refuse for them to lack, completely lack awareness of their responsibilities. And, you know, I, I'm learning this more recently. And luckily, you know, Steve is just a very adaptable child and he's gotten great at it. So I'll start with him. You know, he he knows his responsibilities. He has his chores, right? And a lot of us had chores when we were younger. He has his chores and it is my duty to enforce these, you know, these chores. And when he complains, I make it, I'm very clear to him, you you are a member of of a group and you are which is you are a part of this family and you are also a member of society and it is your duty to contribute to the group we all help each other that is that is humans need other humans and you must contribute so you doing your part you know it might seem unfair because your younger brothers aren't doing anything but they just aren't there yet as soon as they're it's age appropriate they will also be contributing and that's 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 you might not like it but you will be doing this for the rest of your life so find a way to be okay with it so he has his chores he takes out the compost he takes out the trash bins he takes out the trash he um what am i missing there's some other stuff also and he's responsible my big one is cleaning up after himself he is responsible he puts his plate by the sink when he's done with dinner he puts his dishes by the sink he puts his backpack where his backpack goes he puts his shoes back and it's so easy as mothers to do it all we are such we really step into that hero persona so often and we enable our children 
oh, I'll just do the cleanup. I can do a better job. And that's probably the number one thing you hear, right? Oh, I asked my kid to do this and they didn't do a good job. So I'll just do it because I can do a better job. That is not helping anybody. The goal is to teach them to develop the awareness of what needs to be done and to eventually on their own take the initiative to accomplish those things but at least to help them understand you made this mess i will come and help you with putting it away but you are responsible primarily responsible for cleaning up this mess now i'm doing it with soul ray and it works out really well. He does not do all the cleanup. He's so resistant. We all know toddlers, any mom knows toddlers are just the most resistant little buggers and they'll do anything to just say no. But I'm very clear with Soul because he likes to take all the toys out of a bin and dump the whole thing out. And I'm like, that's fine, but we will pick it up and put it back when you're done. If you're done with playing with this, so he'll run off and I'll go grab him and I'll set him down and I'll take his little hand. I don't have to do this anymore, but when I first started this, I'd take his little hand and I'd grab something and I'd say, pick it up. And then I'd put it in the bucket or whatever the container and say, put it back and just sit there and do that. Pick it up and put it back, pick it up and And we do this. I mean, it took a while, but now... And he's still resistant to it, mind you. He does not like, he's far from perfect. But now, just this just happened last night. He took a basket of toys and dumped it all over the floor right after dinner, right before bedtime. And I was like, all right, fine, but let's sit down and we have to pick it all up and put it back. And everyone helped participate. He did not do the entire cleanup on his own but as long as he's participating he's slowly kind of training himself to be responsible so there's less resistant in the future when he wants um when i need him to clean up after himself so if you if you're uh willing to you know, it's it requires a lot of patience. But with patience, you can really get your children comfortable with and excited about doing their part. Um, and, you know, one thing that I've talked about with several mothers that I find to be really important is knowing your individual child, knowing their temperament, knowing their personality, knowing what... what uh, that's such a beautiful thing by the way like being to be uh known deeply and felt like um people in your life under not understand you necessarily but care to know what the um the different aspects of your personality is a really beautiful thing and we as parents if we we learn this about our children and then we can kind of one thing that i i often talk about is mitigating problems like we can mitigate a lot of the issues we if we if we are if we have awareness we are able to see a situation and understand how the situation will unravel based on how 
we allow it to unravel. And that's kind of one of the magical parts of parenting is to, to know your child and to say to yourself, oh, my child gets very upset if I say this thing or if I don't if I don't bring playfulness into this moment, he will, you know, he will start doing this. And that's something that I'm currently teaching my husband because I find it to be so effective that like, oh wow, you can you can really get to know your child and prevent a lot of the the issues that often come up that uh lead to you know tantrums or and my goal is not like I'm not trying to once again I'm not trying to it's not about comfort it's about you know Steve in particular has some uh you know he had some uh anger issues in the past so part of my uh journey right now with Steve is helping him rewire unlearn some of the patterns that 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 uh, fueled his anger and help him kind of rewire his brain and not um, give into the anger so easily because it was quite a problem for a while. Um, and I can do another, I'll probably do another episode about that because that's a whole thing of its own. If you knew Steve two years ago and met him today, you would be amazed at how much he's changed. And that has been a very conscious effort on my end because Steve is, um, and I'm sure many of you have children that are just so exquisitely dynamic and feel so deeply and perhaps this is like all children I just see as my eldest and I really see it with him he's so dynamic and um sensitive and um yeah he's he's been on quite a journey so far it's really really beautiful I'm very proud to see his journey and uh anyway so you know, knowing him, knowing his personality, which is my job, and being able to um, help him move past some of, and that is, don't let anyone convince you that your child is will forever be stuck in a behavioral pattern. I don't believe that, and Steve is the living proof that that's not true. We, as parents, if we have, if we're willing to try new things and step outside of our own biases or our own um, traumas and all that we can really help our children heal now so they don't have to do that hard work later as adults and go through all of the um, challenges that come along with some of these trauma patterns created from trauma um, so that's that's uh, really important to me um, but you know overall I want I remember my sister said this to me a few years back. She's like, you know, we all want to raise interesting children. And that really resonated with me. Yes, I I, I do. I want and I I want my children to be interesting. Um be and that's such a weird way to put it, I suppose, because you know, I want them to be interested in living and naturally they will be interesting people if they are, you know, interested in their own life. And I I'm very proud to say that, that that's what I'm raising. My, you know, and it I always refer to Steve just obviously cuz he's older so I can really see it playing out. You know, the older they get, you really see the fruits of your labor and you see it playing out. But I I 
these 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 boys are are confident and confidence requires like a full body confidence from my perspective it, it, it's they need to be confident in their movements and confident in being able to say things that that you know they're figuring out their personalities their sense of humor and they need honesty like Steve for instance love he he wants to be a jokester he loves trying to make people laugh and you know he's always trying out new jokes and I'm very honest with him about how funny his jokes are and <laughs> bless that boy comes up with a lot of really bad jokes and it breaks my heart to see his little face when I'm like oh I'm sorry honey I didn't think that was very funny but when he does make a funny joke it's awesome it hits hard we are not here to be a total source of cushioning. Yes, comfort is important. Parents are a source of comfort. And sometimes the true medicine is not what your children want to hear, but what they need to hear to be broken open a little bit and therefore to try new things. And it is challenging. I do not have it figured out at all, but I am very proud to see my kids truly confident in their personalities, in what they know, in their knowledge, in um, their bodies, just very strong, capable, wild. I mean, very confident in nature. And that that's Really, if you really want to rewild your child, get them in nature as often as possible and stop with the fear mongering. The bees are okay. Like bees don't want to sting your kid. And hey, a bee sting every now and then teaches us something. Um, Bugs are okay. My kids always have like, they have developed such a thick skin for mosquito bites because if you can't handle mosquito bites and you live in the south, you're basically just going to be inside for a large portion of the year. And that sucks. My kids would never they, I that won't fly. They love to be outside. Like they Kai as a baby is just like, "Get me outside." He makes it very clear he wants to be outside for most of the day. Get your kids um comfortable with like being out in the sun and not being scared of the sun and how to intuitively, I mean, trust that your your children are very intuitive. One thing that I never do is tell my kid to drink water. I never do that. I never go and force a cup of water in front of them and tell them they have to drink water. Why? Because if you give them the opportunity to understand their own bodies and not always be told what to do but given the opportunity to express it themselves find out for themselves they will start coming to you and saying i need water and i never ever have to tell my child to drink water my children go and they find their water bottle and if it's empty they ask me to fill it up or you know obviously Steve can get himself and you know now I'm teaching Steve how to cook not just for himself but to also you know help me with your brothers make breakfast for them even if it's just slicing up some bread toasting it putting some butter on it or um what do we learn lately he knows how to do sandwiches there's something we cooked lately he cooked like sausages for everybody or something like that but he, you know you you 
step back, have, be, be discerning. Like you pay attention. Like I said, people like to think that I'm negligent, but I'm really not. I, 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 I calculate risks, but let me tell you this. None of my children besides like stupid birth things like jaundice, like from like immediately after birth, none of my children have ever had any emergency to go to the hospital or, or a doctor or anything like that. Never, never. And if you saw the way I trust them and let them kind of go out and carry big, heavy things or try chopping something up with a machete or whatever, man, they are very intuitive. You know, we got Steve a knife for his fifth birthday and it's got a very sharp blade. It is a kid's knife, but it's got a really sharp blade. It's got like a little guard so they don't like nick their finger while they're um, using it. And sure enough, within like a day, Steve had nicked his finger pretty bad with the blade and was like, oh no, I am putting this away. Okay, cool. He he didn't feel like he was ready for it yet. So he put it away. Less than a year later, he busted it back out. And now he's like always sharpening sticks and making swords out of sticks and grabs his knife to cut things. And, you know, when he's, he's got his little pack for going out adventuring and okay, he wasn't ready for it then. He figured out when he was, and now he's very confident with a knife. I didn't push it on him. My ego wasn't like, no, but I got you this knife. You need to learn it now. And But I but I also am not overprotective where, oh, knife is too dangerous. No, I trust my children. Are, they, their minds, their, they want to protect themselves. They don't want to get hurt, right? Isn't that so simple that, it, that it's almost too simple? our children do not want to to feel pain and hurt themselves and cause serious damage but that's also part of learning like that's the risk of being a human is is you know you're going to do things that the where you 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 have to learn the hard way sometimes and i think that this the younger you instill confidence in blunders right confidence in making mistakes the sooner they can kind of move on from fear and move out of a place of fear and you know you and we instill fear in our children when we when we coddle them and say oh no you don't want to climb that tree you could fall down and break your neck it's like oh well then how is your kid going to be excited god what would what would i do if my if if i if i instilled fear and my kids weren't were too scared to climb a tree. Oh my goodness, I just can't imagine so much of their joy. Where would where where would I that's such a huge part of their joy, like challenging their bodies, climbing trees, climbing rocks, like oh, it's it's uh it's unbelievable. And once you once you give them once you're con- you you show them that you're confident in their capabilities and then they they see that look in your face and oh, it's just I know it's hard. Oh my goodness, I know it's hard. We don't want to see our babies hurt, but we also cannot protect them from everything. And we want to raise um, children that can assess risk and who are willing to take risks, not not these silly nonsense risks. You know, the kids that are, the uh, the young adults that are taking these ridiculous nonsense 
you know, uh, potentially lethal risk are probably the children that were never really given an opportunity as a child, as a child to, um, really assess risk for themselves and, and feel confident from making a calculated risk. So I, I hope I shared enough. I, I, I I feel like that's my rewilding. Um, I, yeah, that that's, I feel like I really covered most bases. I'll, I'll like go through and see if there are any points that I miss. But overall, I I suppose it's um. It's uh. The the things will come naturally. Aunt kids on their own will rewild themselves, if you don't um, fear monger and if you are a source of leadership. If you are a guide, you don't need to control your children's behavior. You need to guide them um, to assess, to have self-awareness and assess what's happening around them and let them make start making decisions for themselves that are age appropriate. And wow, what you do for a little mind, a little developing mind, when you give them an opportunity to step into their own power and let them know, you know, you're their source of comfort, you're what they look up to, and let them know, I trust you, I trust what you're capable of, you are just giving them the greatest gift, and their life will be just um, such a source of just uh, adventure, so that's my two cents, I'm not saying I'm right, but I am very, very, very confident in my parenting as of now. And it took me quite a while to get here. Like I said, in the beginning of this, I received a lot of, lot of negative criticism. I can't tell you how many times people happily pointed at me and said, you are a negligent parent. Um, and at this point, you can call me whatever you want. And I don't care because I'm so freaking proud of what my boys are capable of and the young men that they are turning into it's unbelievable and if we can raise more kids with um confidence and self-awareness and uh the ability to you know uh better understand the world around them then we are we're doing it. We're setting everyone up for a better future. So get your kids in nature. That's number one. Let them get free with their bodies. Teach them the, the grounding and meditation and dancing and all these beautiful things that are therapies that we don't even have to call them that. Just like singing, dancing, move, movement and silliness. Get silly with your kids, man. Your kids really want to see you get silly. If you want... Uh, you, it, Get freaking silly with your kids. Hug a tree with your kids. Me and Steve have a tree that we go, whenever we go on walks, we go and hug this beautiful tree. And it's like, we get, do have little rituals like that. Have little things that are like, like a little thing you guys do. And um, yeah, I'm not saying I'm right. Take what you want from this and, and think what you want from this. But I'm here to share for anyone who's interested. So thanks for listening. Wow, this is a long one. Almost a full hour. Way to go. All right. Have a beautiful day.